Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we're in a special season, and part of what we did last week was really to prepare for today. And I know that I hope, I mean, I hope every mom's going to uh, get a big hug today and lots of words of affirmation and thanksgiving, uh, some flowers, a card. Uh, Victor sent Susan a great card. The, the, the card read, Every good mother lets their child lick the beaters. And then inside it said, And great mothers turn the beater off. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so one, the one thing that I wanted us to do as, for, as a community is, moms, uh, we, we want you to receive a spiritual gift today. And so last week we kind of looked at the Vineyard Prayer Model, how we do that, and it was in hopes of preparing us. Uh, and even if you're not prepared, it's a really simple model, and I'm going to walk us through it. But what I want to do is I want us to gather around each mom, and I want each mom to just, I want you to receive. I just want you to receive whatever the Holy Spirit wants to give you uh, through just some really simple prayers. And what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to celebrate your greatest joys. I'd like us to invite healing for those hurts that moms have. And then I would ask that we would ask the Holy Spirit for empowerment. Uh, for the for the challenges. So if you're a mom, and even expectant mom, because there are babies that are showing, uh, we would uh, like you to stand right now. So moms and expectant moms, please stand. And then let's make sure that we at least have two people around each mom, okay? So now two people stand by each mom. Do we have enough to spread out? Okay. Gather around the moms. Time out, time out. There are just too many moms, huh? We're going to have some groupings. That's okay. That'll work. We have two moms over here. We've got another mom coming through the door. Okay, moms, I just want you to share uh, one of your greatest joys. And just, just make it a headline. Not, don't tell us the whole story, but just one of your greatest joys. And then let those with you celebrate that joy. And we'll do that for a minute or so, and then we'll go to the next. So, so go, all right? There we go. You know, celebrating the joy. Now go to a tender spot. Just, we really believe that there's a God who heals the brokenhearted. And we know that, that being a mom is not always easy. And so moms, there may be a hurt that just has been kind of at the surface. And we want, we want to be right there with you. And we want to invite the Holy Spirit to heal that hurt. So if you would like to share a hurt and let these pray with you so that that healing will come or begin to come, let's do that now. Okay? Hurts many challenges and with the challenges we face we really we need the holy spirit to empower us we can't do it by ourselves and as much as we want others to help us it really comes down to we we need help from above so mom share a challenge that you're having and they, and others just pray that the holy spirit would come and empower mom to face that challenge okay go
joys that they experience. We ask for healing for the hurts. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would empower for every challenge. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, let's come back together and just just share a couple more thoughts uh, in our time. Claudia has a special day. It's not only Mother's Day for her, but it's her eighth anniversary of marriage to Stephen. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think all of us uh, recognize that moms are very influential. And so I just want to just share a couple of thoughts out of the Proverbs. Uh, This is a little discovery moment. This is a quote that I found in the Bible. It says, speak up for the people who have no voice, for the rights of all the down and outers. Speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and destitute. And so some of you might have a concordance in the back of your Bible. You may have the Bible memorized. You may have your iPhone or your tablet. Uh, Let's have a discovery moment. Who, who Who do you think said this? Huh? Hints. I, there, I, how, I mean, how many hints? I said it's in the Bible. And there's the words right there. Je, we got a Jesus. Jesus said this. Okay. The Apostle Paul. We, got, we have a Solomon back there. Proverbs where? Oh. See, the hints were there. <laughs> Adam, what'd you say? I said Paul. You, you said Paul? Kind of sounds like a prophet, doesn't it? Yeah, David, okay. You bet it was what? You think it was a woman? What's today? Mother's Day. Guess who said this? King Lemuel's mother. Oh, did you, did you forget? <laughs> well, Inga, you're in good shape because nobody knows who he is. And nobody really knows who his mom was, but we have her words to him in Proverbs 31, verse 1 through 9. The influence of a mom. The words of King Lemuel... The sound advice his mother gave him. Oh, son of mine. Oh, that was a great ring. <laughs> that was a little Hebrew ring to it, too. Oh, son of mine, what can you be thinking of? Child whom I bore, the son I dedicated to God. Don't dissipate your virility on fortune hunting women, promiscuous women who shipwreck leaders. Leaders can't afford to make fools of themselves, gulping wine and swilling beer, lest hung over they don't know right from wrong and the people who depend on them are hurt. Use wine and beer only as sedatives to kill the pain and dull the ache of the terminally ill for whom life is a living death. Speak up. For the people who have no voice, for the rights of all the down and outers, speak out for justice. Stand up 
for the poor and destitute. So this is a mom's influence over her child. Now her child happens to be a king, but basically what mom is saying is godly leaders speak for the powerless and the poor. Mom influencing son. Godly leaders speak for the powerless and the poor. And the voice of a godly leader for the powerless and the poor is diluted or diminished by sexual immorality or drunkenness. The main point that mom wanted to communicate to son was you must speak up for the powerless and the poor. The influence of a mom. I found this this great blog and it's a, it's a it's a what's it with it when you don't have an author what's that called Bryant? Uh, this this guy doesn't want to be known but he has this great blog. Listen, it's called Edge Induced Cohesion. Isn't that a, that's a great name. <laughs> Most kings and rulers may wish to be seen as defending the cause of their people, but in reality, most of them plead the cause of elites. Be they military leaders or aristocrats or palace courtiers or wealthy businessmen. Elites do not need for rulers to speak on their behalf. They have their own power, their own lobbyists, lawyers, and other backers, and do not need the power of the throne to support their interests. Rather, it is the poor and needy and speechless those who do not have a voice in the corridors of power, nor can afford those to speak on their behalf that require the support of the ruler. And this support cannot merely be lip service, but needs to be the expenditure of actual political capital and effort on their behalf for the cause of justice within a realm. Most rulers and leaders, whatever their inclinations, are unwilling to crusade for justice within their realms and institutions, but are content to go with the flow and enjoy the perks of office as well as the benefits of associating with those who are already powerful and well-connected rather than to disrupt that equilibrium for the sake of justice and equity. Wow. That is a mouthful. I think it's very, very like culturally relevant, timely that he would be right. He's really, he's writing about King Lemuel in his blog. So the king, influenced by his mom, I, I don't want you to go the pathway of the status quo, to give lip service to supporting the powerless and the weak. I, I want you to speak up. And so what that really brought me to was, I think probably each mom in the room, you're one of them, have people that just register on your heart. And if you were in the same position as King Lemuel's mom, and your child was the king or the congressman or the mayor or the governor, or the president, or just a business leader, or whatever, if you were given the opportunity, you would say, these are the people that have no voice, and you must speak up for them. These are the down and outers. 
speak up for them. These are the poor and the destitute. You've got to stand up for them. You, my child, must speak out for justice. So moms, I would like to turn the microphone up, uh, just turn it over to you. And I would like, you know, I, I started to think of all the people that I thought we needed to speak for or speak up for in the fight, but it's not, it's not my day. This is mom's day. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take a record. Moms, you are encouraging your kids to speak up for, to speak out for. Who? And what? I do keep it brief because we're listening, and but we really want to know what's on your heart, and we're just we'll take as much time as you would like to devote to this. Go. Yeah, so what's been on my heart, and my husband told me the number the other day, 140 million orphans and just um, children that are in need of being adopted. And, you know, what we saw in Bolivia was just corruption and money. You know, these kids are being, you know, if you have a lot of money, then you can... And it's just, you know, they need homes, and it doesn't need to be about money. It needs to be about getting them to loving families. And so um, someone in power, um, I would implore them to to get these kids into loving homes. There's a lot of people that would have open arms, and there's just so much in the way that shouldn't be there. I have a real distinct memory of, it was several years ago, um, as missionaries, uh, Steve and I have always had a kind of a heart for the nations, and um, I, I remember thinking <clears throat> quite a while back, I, what would be my legacy for my kids, and so I called them out of the blue, each one of them, and um, I said, this is what I want my legacy to be, give your heart Give yourself for the nations because the nations need to hear about Jesus. They need to have that um, relationship with Jesus. And so it's, it is ultimately gratifying to me to see my kids involved in the nations. You know, Angie receiving the nations here. Um, and granted, I'm, this is not the kingdom of God. The United States is not necessarily the kingdom of God. But, but just to be, uh, to help those who are impoverished and, um, you know, to give to give a voice uh, to the Palestinians who have no voice outside their own country, those kinds of things. But to to see them giving themselves for the nations is what that's what I where I wanted them to go. So. As a high school counselor, I think what I see most need of 
is for high school kids, who teenagers who don't have godly parents, don't have Christian homes, and there's so much coming at them, so much filth and horrible things in our country um, that they can see, you know, on the web and just in their daily lives, that I just pray for those teenagers who don't have the guidance to lead them in the right direction and have structure and discipline and Kind of to follow up on what she was saying, uh, girls that look in the magazines and media and think they're not beautiful and think they need to look exactly like that. That's huge right now. I feel like it can consume um, high school girls or whoever, their lives. And they can get so down on themselves, and not only them, but moms, <laughs> and how moms' uh, bodies are changing. So I just want to encourage the husbands to... <laughs> Tell your wife they're beautiful, you know. And that's what I think about a lot. And that's why I wanted to get into the field that I got into, so. Um... I'm so blessed to be here and see all these wonderful moms. But um, if you're like me and your body can't make babies, I used to think that was, I was broken. But I'm blessed because God put me and my son together for that reason. So if there's anyone out there that just can't and have miscarriages or their hard times, there are a lot of things that people don't say. You know, being a mom isn't just who you make, it's who you love. I work with high school kids, and I would say kind of just to bounce off of her specifically, we need to be praying for, like, generational change um, in high school kids' lives in New Braunfels. Uh, They don't have moms and dads who are just instilling in them the same things that maybe our parents did or or that we um, have now because of God's grace, but we need to be praying for that and then also for men to rise up and be men. I... Like even within Young Life, we're just struggling to find guy leaders. And, you know, at Texas State, we just had a training class of 150 girls, and there were eight guys. And it's just a trend all over the nation, and I don't understand it. But um, we need to be praying for men to um, rise up and be godly men. Okay, looking at the list of the destitute and the down and out, and these aren't destitute or down and out, but... Along those lines, I think when I talk to my kids, especially my son, about relationships, I really am trying to teach him to see humans and not sexual things. And so, and it's everywhere. You can't go anywhere without being just assaulted by body image. And so what a boy sees is much different than what a girl sees. We 
compare and wish, and I don't really know what the Boise, but it's not that. <laughs> and, so, and so I've tried to have more open conversations with, with my son, and just in saying this is a, a beautiful person, but what's inside is really what matters. And so that was, I think, what to think, boy, there's eight guys and hundred some girls. I don't know what the cause is, but I think there's just a lack of um, honoring women. And it, it, we just have become objects. And so that's really a hard thing to, you really go against the grain because it's everywhere. So they're not, I don't, I don't know, even with the human trafficking, I mean, there's just this huge thing that I didn't even know about. It's devastating. And they're definitely destitute and down and out. And I know, like, even in America, so much happens in our front door at ball games and whatever with that. And so we need to stand up for ourselves. But um, I, the orphans and things like that are um, very much the forefront of my mind. But I also think about children who have families physically, but not emotionally and not supportive. And thinking of children who slip through the cracks, who have a mom or a dad at home, they're not physically orphaned. Um, but they're in a situation where they're either neglected or they're mistreated. And that's not a situation where someone can just come in and say, well, I want to adopt them to get them out of that situation because they're not adoptable. They have a parent. And so that's something that, that I really feel for is children who come to school, especially when I was teaching in public, that um, you know they're eight years old and they take care of younger siblings because... Mom or dad is at home, but they're not physically present in order to um, take care of them. They cook dinner for younger siblings, or they don't do their homework because they had to take care of younger siblings. And I had several first graders who, um, who those were the situations. And as a teacher, how do you how do you work with them academically when you know that they have such a heavy burden that they go home to? at such a young age. Um, I guess for me, it, it is with the younger kids because that's who I teach. I start at three years old and go to the first grade. And so I just see a generation coming up that kind of scares me <laughs> in a lot of ways because of the way these children are um, are being raised in the in the respect where it's almost like they're telling their parent what is going to happen in in my life today instead of the parent saying no this is what we're, we're going to do today and this is how things are going to 
go today or this is the behavior that I'm expecting of you today. And so um, it is a little nerve-wracking when you see that kind of control that the children have over the parents and the parents are saying, well, what do you think we should do today, you know, and stuff like that. And so that just is, it's a huge concern for me because of the control that the parents have or the children have over their parents. And the parents are allowing that to be the way life is. And when they, then the kids don't get their own way, wow, the whole, their whole life is shattered. And, you know, just what they're setting their children up for in their future is um, it's very sad and it's very scary. So that's my concern and my prayer for them. For your voice. And we as a community of people, we, we don't want to in any way try to diminish your voice or quiet your voice. We really believe that uh, as King Lemuel's mother exhibits for us, there's something that gets stirred up within women about voice for the voiceless, about a voice for the down and outers, about speaking up, speaking out for justice. My favorite definition of justice is just simply setting things right. And I believe that's what Jesus, Jesus entered humanity to begin to set things right. And we're going to join him in setting things right. And when he returns, he'll set everything right. But ladies, there is something within you that as we move in setting things right, as we follow Jesus, that, that tragically we haven't taken the time to really listen and to support you with what stirs within you. So we want to do that. And I really am grateful for, for this list because I really want us as a community to be sensitive that these are things that we as a community, we need to not ignore them because they're things that are stirred up within us. And so one last thing. I'd just like to ask the ladies uh, again to stand one last time. And we're just going to ask for God's blessing upon you to influence everyone within your circle uh, with that voice for setting things right and uh, send you out to carry on in being that voice. We can have all the ladies stand because either those, those of you that are even future a mom's. This is something within you as well. Father, we thank you that you have created these women. And we thank you that you've created them uh, with a heart for things that are right, according to what you say is right. And so, so Lord, we would ask that this day, as some of them have expressed what is their longing, what they, what they hope to see set right. And others haven't yet maybe formulated what it is, but they know there's something that stirs within them. And still others just didn't take that opportunity today. Lord, we want to bless what stirs within each and every woman in this, this realm of what is right and what is wrong and what needs to be done. And Lord, we as a community, we want to not only bless them, we would invite you to empower them. We ask that you would give them a bigger voice. And that, Lord, they would be able to speak to this generation and that things would begin to change for the better because of what you're stirring up within each and every woman and how it's expressed. And, Lord, I, finally, I just ask for our community to be receptive to those things that need to be addressed in our lives and in, in the life of our city and our, our state, our nation, and around the globe. 
So, Lord, we bless you and we thank you uh, for the gift of, of your voice through women. And we thank you for this special day and acknowledge uh, that they're a great influence on us. And we bless them in your name. Amen. So enjoy your day. Enjoy Mom's Day and all that comes with that.